What is up guys and welcome back to the Keystone Chronicles podcast. I hope you guys are really enjoying the show and if you made it this far, you must be. So, thank you for the support. Today, we have Jake Simmons of Simmons Custom Calls. He's a guy that lives not far outside of Pittsburgh. And, uh, we met through another friend of ours. In, in this episode, we just go over how Jake decided, hey man, I ain't getting enough of this. You know, I, I, I'm using this call and sure it's fun and all but i just need to do this to myself and it's that primitive nature that man mm, i must do this myself the kind of thing that really drives him in this episode he goes over you know the gratitude that he gets from making his own custom calls so if you guys want to follow him order anything from him or you have any questions for him go ahead and jump on his instagram page at simmons custom calls as for me lately in the outdoors fishing i mean nothing new there i know i'm always talking about it and uh I actually didn't go turkey hunting Saturday morning. I had come down with a case of the poison ivy, and I, I get it pretty bad when I do get it, and uh, took a couple Benadryl, and I just had a hard time getting out of bed. So it was fishing at 7 instead of turkey hunting at 5, and I do regret it, but I had a good day. So I hope you guys are really enjoying the show. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, hope you are doing good. Hope you are feeling great. I got a great episode lined up for you here today. Today on the phone, we're joined by Jake Simmons of Simmons Custom Calls. Jake, how are you, buddy? Good, man. How about you? Very good. Very good. I'm super excited to have you on here, man. And uh, kind of crazy, me and Jake met through our acquaintance. Uh, they actually worked together, and I seen that he was promoting some of the calls. And I was like, hey, man, do you know this guy? And he's like, yeah. I said, well, we got to get him on the podcast. You know, this is too easy. So, <laughs> Jake, um. Go ahead and, and let everybody know who you are, man, where you're from, what do you do for a living, and uh, after that, we'll get into talking about how you got started making calls. Yeah, man. Uh, thanks for having me on the podcast. Uh, name's Jake Simmons. I live in the southwest region of PA. Um, I run a small little custom hand call shop, and uh, yeah, I uh, probably not a call I can't make or a call I won't try, and yeah, if you... Uh, if you're curious at all, just feel free to message me. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Um, so, how, how did you how did you get into making calls? <laughs> it's kind of funny. Uh, I probably made things harder on myself than they needed to be. I would always be out in the woods and I'd be hunting whatever it might be. We'll just say coyotes, for instance. And I actually have a Fox Pro, but I said I thought to myself one day, man, it would be it'd be cool to be able to come out into the woods and kill a coyote with something i made right so i was sitting at the house and i was looking on youtube and i saw all these guys making their own hand calls and i was like i might i might give that a shot so i went out and i bought a lathe and uh i just started turning my own calls and putting the reeds in them and then just taking them to the field and like i said i could have probably took something that was a little more tried and true and made it a whole lot easier on myself, but I wanted to kind of just get that satisfaction of killing something that I made. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can definitely see how that would be great. Uh, you know, I, I always try to call the crows with my mouth, and I'm just like, man, one of these days, <laughs> but they're one of them's gonna be stupid enough, but probably not. You know, they're probably one of the smartest birds ever. But, um, so did you start with making turkey calls then? I actually started with uh, coyote calls. Okay. Um, I'll do closed read and open read um, calls. And if for anyone listening doesn't know what those are, you can go on my 
Instagram or Facebook and you'll be able to see the difference. But, uh, yeah, no, it's been, uh, it's definitely been like a crazy experience just making all these. You learn a whole lot as you go. Yeah. And how, how long you been into it? I want to say four or five years now. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty good, man. That's, that's considerable amount of time. You know, you, you, you learn pretty quickly. Um, so what all calls do you make? I know you got a vast majority on, on the webpage there, but uh, let's put it out there. Um, yeah, as I said before, I'll make coyote calls. I'll make deer calls, turkey calls. Um, I actually finished up crow call today. Um, trying to think if there's any others. I think that might be about it for the time. Um, duck calls are they're I'm, I'm not a waterfowl hunter, mm-hmm. so that's something that I kind of want to get into before I start making them because I don't want to just make something and not know if it's a good call or not. Right. So I'm, I'm kind of thinking about getting into duck hunting and all that within the next year or two. Yeah. Well, I know one thing about waterfowl hunting is you got to get your wallet out. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I hear. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely, man. That's awesome. I love hearing, you know, all the entrepreneurship going on and stuff. You know, it's just, it's really awesome. I'll gladly support you. You know, I'll definitely probably get a crow call off you because I really do enjoy crow hunting. Um, but so let's talk about, uh, is it just you alone or you got, you have anybody working with you or anybody help you out? Uh, maybe your wife or kids or anything? No, it, it's just me, which like I said, it's, uh, it's kind of a, a small little shop. I wouldn't call myself like I'll put it that I, I won't quit my day job. I uh I sell a few here and there and uh when I when I sell one or two here and there it, it makes me happy. Right. I can I can understand that. I feel what you're saying. Um basically, you know, you already do good with your day job and you don't need a second job. It's 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 more than a hobby for you. You know, you were just trying to help people out. Yeah, I mean, if I quit my day job to do this, <laughs> I, I wouldn't a heartbeat. But yeah, um, yeah, man. Let's talk about uh, your future plans. Do you do you plan on expanding anymore or uh, uh, anything like that? Um, maybe in the future. Uh-huh. Um, I, like if I had a buddy or something that came along and said, "Hey, man, if you want any help mm-hmm. making some calls and all this," I, I actually have two lathes now. I would. I would definitely like be like, yeah, come, come help out. And at very least you can learn how to make some calls and do all that. Right. Right. So when it, when you come as into like making a call, uh, do you want to talk about how maybe something's made? Like I know you, you know, for those of people who don't know out there, maybe we can just say, Hey, you know, this is a lathe. Here's what it does. And, and then, uh, the process after you lathe it out. Yeah. So the lathe, you you get a, a blank of wood or acrylic and you chuck it up on the lathe and you turn you'll turn it around for starters and then um, if you're making a coyote crawl, call for instance you'll bore either a five eighths inch hole or a half a, a half of an inch hole through the call and then you can just shape it up to whatever size you want and then you you put your reeds in and that's really all there is to it man so. It's a whole lot easier than what I thought it would be in the beginning, but at the same time, I won't make it out to be as easy as what it should be. I I still mess up a lot of calls, 
I, I throw calls across the room because <laughs> they they just don't look good or yeah. I messed them up some way or another. It's uh, it's kind of a hands-on learning curve as you go. Right, right. Now, do you uh, do you paint them or like finish them and all that also? I'll I, I won't paint them or anything like that. I'll usually just put like CA glue or like a polyurethane on mm -hmm. the call itself just to seal them up. Right. So like you were saying, you're a pretty, you know, big perfectionist. It's a custom call and you, how many do you think it takes whenever you make them to get the one you're like, okay, this is one that I would sell to somebody. Oh, it's funny. Um, it was probably the fifth call I ever made and I still have it here. It was a coyote call. That's all I made in the beginning was just coyote calls. Mm -hmm. um, it was probably the fifth call I made, and I remember telling myself, man, this is the best-looking call <laughs> I've ever made. Right. And it was only the fifth call I ever made, so of course it was. But looking at that call now, it, I, I still, like I said, I still have the call because it, it meant a lot to me at the time. But I look at it now, and I'm like, yeah, it's, it's okay. Right. Five years down the road from now, the calls that I'm making currently, I'll probably be like, what were you thinking, Jake? Th those don't look good at all. <laughs> it's just, like I said, kind of, uh, you, you kind of get little, a little better yeah. at every one you make, and you just learn a little more. Yeah. Well, you know what's really cool, man? And I'm, you probably this has probably crossed your mind before, too, but, you know, you would think that if you have them calls down the road or maybe, you know, you sold one to someone like me where – or someone on the other side of the state, or someone you know lives a good way from you. But just imagine you'd come across one of them calls, you know, 10, 15, 20 years, maybe even more than that from now, and be like, man, you know, like I did that. Yep. You know, I put my I put my carbon footprint there, and that's that's me. You know, I I did this. That's pretty cool. Yeah, man, I'd love it. I uh, that's definitely something I would, if I ever have the chance to run into someone. And they show me a hand call they have, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I made that. That would be like a dream come true for me. Um, I've sold calls as far as Wyoming. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it would it would definitely be cool to see that. I know even when people tag me on social media and they have a coyote or a crow or a turkey or right. whatever laying next to them, and I'm tagged in there, mm -hmm. and I was able to aid in that successful hunt it, it makes me really really happy yeah no doubt about it man it's just really cool thing and where where do you get your wood like your woodsmanship from i don't mean and i don't mean hunting like your woodworking skills is it just something you just randomly started or do you have a background in carpentry or anything like that i mean i'd always kind of mess around making stuff but this was a little different um when i first started doing all this i just kind of dove in head first um like i said i got a cheap little lathe mm -hmm. and i think it was when i say cheap i think it was still 200 bucks right and then i had to get the turning tools that they aren't cheap and there's about five different ones that i have so yeah it was i just kind of dove in and didn't look back and i'm hoping i know i don't ever get like frustrated with it uh something's just not working out for me or one thing or another. Cause I'd be probably be throwing away a lot of money to, <laughs> and, uh, equipment that I have. Yeah. No doubt about it, man. Yeah. I, I, you know, like I said, I applaud guys like you 
uh, and even myself, you know, just guys that just, just dive into something, you know, and that's, that's one thing that if you were to talk to anybody who's maybe, Hey Jake, you know, I'm thinking about dabbling and, you know, getting my feet wet in the water a little bit. What would you recommend to a guy that said, Hey, you know, he wants to start making his own calls. Uh, I will be the first guy to say when I started out, I was nervous. I followed some call makers on Instagram and Facebook and I messaged them and I was, I was thinking right away, they were just going to give me the cold shoulder. I ain't, I ain't sharing any of my, my secrets or tips with you, but these guys, they were, they were straight up with me. They told me all the steps and I would do the same. If anyone listening, if you want to know how to make whatever call, give me a buzz. I'll talk you through it. I'll help you out however I can. I'm not going to hide anything from you. I don't care if you steal customers from me. Nothing. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I would be more than help, happy to help someone out with something like that. Yeah. That's great, man. That's, that's real, you know, real nice of you. And I'm, I'm the same, you know, for anybody who wants to, you know, stick their feet in the water when it comes to, uh, hosting something like this. But, uh, let's, talk about some success stories you know so you make your own calls so let's talk about you using them you know give me give me give me the nitty-gritty man i want to hear a good story here <laughs> well all right I'll, I'll bring this turkey story up um it was it was great i was actually i was struggling for a good part of the season just uh i was on birds almost every day and i was out there real early in the morning and i was going after them going after them and it was just tough. It was tough hunting. And uh, one day my buddy came to me and he said, hey, I got a bird that's just kind of, he, he's hanging up on the ridge just about every day. If you want to go after him, he, he had already tagged out. And I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll go. I think it was getting towards the middle or end of the season. So I went up there and I, I think it was probably just right around first light. He sounds off probably 200 yards out. I mean, I could barely hear him gobble. And I just kind of worked him very, very slowly. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'd give him a yelp or cluck, whatever, and you'd hear him go off. And then he'd shut up for a half hour. And then I would just start cold calling again. And you kind of tell he was, he was in a different location, but he was closer. And just worked him really, really slow and he eventually came in. I saw his red head just bobbing all over the place. And uh, I actually thought the hunt was going to get busted. He had come out in the front of me. And right behind me, a hen came out. And I heard her putt. And as soon as she putt, I saw his uh, his wings just tucked in. And he, he turned around. And luckily, I was able to get the shot off at about 25 yards. And he went down. And uh, he, was a good, he was a good bird. He was... I think he was like ten and a half inches and uh, two inch spurs. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's a real good bird, man. That's now is this is this a bird you knew was in the area? Was this a game lands bird, private land? Um, it was public. Okay. Yeah, well, it was a uh, definitely felt good. Mm-hmm. I uh, like I said, I was struggling there for a while. I uh, it, it was long days. Every every evening, I'd go put birds to bed, and um, mm-hmm. when calls work, calls work, but in this instance, in the beginning of the season for me, calls weren't really working. You'd call and 
the hens would just take the tom right away. They they didn't want nothing to do with you, so the tom followed. So a good bit of my mornings were spent just sitting in the woods after roosting birds the night before and just hoping they'd fly down in my direction. Yeah. And uh, it just wasn't working for the longest time. Yeah, and that's always hard, too, on public land. You know, there's Pennsylvania's as a whole, man. We got We got turkey hunters all over the creation, you know, and... When one bird gobbles, it's like a mad dash to get to him, you know. Um, I know out my way, it's it's almost bigger than Christmas Day for some guys. It's yeah. you'll just see trucks going down the road, mm-hmm. four thirty in the morning, and you know exactly what they're doing. Yep. So it's it's tough. If you want to get to your spot, you better be there early. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, it's why it's so much more rewarding to us just to even shoot turkeys in Pennsylvania, deer, whatever. Just you know, you look at the Michigan guys of they're right there with us, you know, maybe Wisconsin or whatever. We just, there's just so many guys out there, but so you were able, were you able to, uh, did you try to get a second bird? Did you have a, a second tag for the year or, uh, did you hang it up on one? I didn't. I actually thought about getting a second tag, but, um, I didn't. So I, I only did the one. Yeah. Yeah. But this year, if I get one, I, I I've been telling myself this year, if I get one, Early enough in the season, I'm going to get that second tag. Yeah, man, I, I, I really wish you luck because I'll tell you what, some of these guys, you know, I have two buddies that they just, they come through with two birds and it's it's no problem for them. I don't know how they do it. I like one hunting with them because they make it easy, but uh, I'll be honest with you. I, I like having help turkey hunting and I just enjoy the camaraderie from it. You know, I, I like hunting deer alone, but when it comes to turkey hunting, I like taking it guys. Is that something you do too, or, or do you, you a solo kind of guy, like a lone wolf? I'm a solo guy, but at the same time, I, I love going out with buddies. It, I mean, there's nothing more that, yeah, it's, it, 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 it's a whole different type of hunting when you're able to call one in for your buddy or not even call one in, but you just, you see it all go down. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. Or especially if there's a kid involved or anything. Yeah. Yeah. That's something I want to get a little more into. Uh, mm-hmm. I uh, I got to find someone's kid because I want to take them out. I can understand that, man. That's and that's huge. I you know I applaud you for that because y- you hear it so much growing up and stuff. You know, kids are the future, kids in the future. But the day when it clicks and you see it and you're like, holy shit! You know, the kids are the future. So I applaud you for for looking to do that, man. But uh, so you usually use uh, I assume you use a shotgun. Um, have you ever tried to get one with a bow or anything like that? I haven't, not with a bow, but <laughs> bow hunting is, if I, if I only had one weapon, mm-hmm. I would rather use my bow than anything else. I, I am just an archery hunter at heart. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I'm a, I'm a gun hunter too, but right. I, I just love my bow. I mean, you're a killer is what you're saying, brother. I get it. I get it. When when push comes to shove, you know, the black powder comes out, and I get that. I'm the same way. Uh, that is definitely something I'd like to do, too. Is that is that something that's going to be on maybe your uh, your 2021 goals is to, to try to get one with a bow? It honestly might be. Um, you were asking if I was considering getting a second tag, and I might for PA. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually have – um, the general for New York. And I think I could get the tag for New York Turkey tag. And I think it's 20 bucks, something like that. So I'm probably going to end up 
going up there, but I don't know if I'll take my bow. If I end up going up to New York early, I'll probably take my shotgun, and then mm-hmm. if I'm successful there, I might come back and just take my bow out here. Right. Yeah, I, you know, I, I know guys that have done it, and I've flawed them. I've tried, man. It's just, I actually had, this was probably two years ago, I had two Jakes come up, and I'm like, oh, you know, I don't care, man. You know, I just want to shoot one. And Even with the Jakes, they just, they weren't having it. It was hard. I had a buddy shoot one with his bow, and he said he he saw the thing fly off, and he, he went to where he shot at it, and he said there was blood everywhere, but mm-hmm. the thing flew off, and he couldn't find it. Yeah, I've heard that numerous times. Uh, actually had one of my friends tell me they shot one, and they didn't think that you know he had made a good shot, and they were after another couple birds up over the hill. That didn't work out for him, so they come back to the spot he shot, and they actually blood tracked him to uh to a <laughs> hole in a log, and they found them. So, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, man, yeah. So that it, it is cool to hear uh, success stories with guys with bows and stuff. But, um, yeah. so you, you you had a good uh turkey season last year. Uh, were you successful the year before? Are you the kind of guy who's pretty successful with a turkey every year? No, man. I uh, that is one thing I struggle with the mm-hmm. most, and uh. COVID last year, um, with that whole deal going on, Yeah, I didn't get back to work until I think it was like June or something. It was crazy. Wow. Like, yeah, it was, yeah, I mean, I mean, I think that was kind of everyone, but, uh, I made the best out of it and I, I went turkey hunting almost every day and yeah, I'd put birds, I'd, I'd see birds go to the roost every night and it was kind of the same song and dance it was it was tough they were they were either very educated and they knew what was going on or some they might have seen me come in something like that and yeah they just went the other way yeah yeah man i think that that was a big challenge for a lot of guys this year on birds was there was so many guys in the woods which is really good and it's good to see more guys but also it's like damn man you know, I'm not used to seeing all these guys in the woods. So I think that that was really hard for a lot of guys to, you know, I know personally, my brother and I got birds broken up on us twice, you know, guys. Yeah, and walking that's, up. that's where I think the buddy system would work out great. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I would, uh, I would get in there and I'd be maybe 50 yards or so from where they were roosting. Maybe not even that close. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was probably more like a hundred yards still hear these birds and I could hear them fly down and uh, they'd go the opposite way and they would do the same thing almost every day. And that's probably where I should have had a buddy come in with me and say, Hey, you go over there on the other side and I'll hunt over here and uh, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to do it, man. That's, and I actually have done that with deer numerous times too, and had real good success doing that. Um, so, you had a good turkey season. Let's talk about your, I don't know, man. You want to talk about deer? I, I mean, I know you're a crow hunter. Do you want to talk about you guys maybe having fun killing some crows this past year? Yeah, man. Crows are fun. Yeah. They, uh, you got to kill that scout. Yeah. That, that first one, man, it's, uh, it's game over if, if you can't, if you can't get him, it seems like. Okay. 
All right, man. Yeah, let's get into this. I I have some good experiences crow hunting and everything. And uh, are you a decoy guy? Yeah, even if it's, I mean, even if it's just a black box or something, anything. Mm-hmm. Like we, I mean, we'll just. Yeah, I remember we had garbage bags and we just kind of took rubber bands to them and just kind of shaped them up to even just kind of look like a bird. Yeah. But it, it helped. It it took their eye off us a little bit. Um, and then being a coyote hunter as well, I have one of those uh, Mojo decoys yeah. that flap. Mm-hmm. So we'll put that out there too. And uh, yeah, it just kind of takes their eye off you and gets them down into range a little closer. Now, whenever you go out and you're crow hunting, what are you guys looking for? Uh, are you, do you guys use different terrain to your advantage? And what I mean by that is maybe like a hill feature, uh, so that the bird might be closer, you know, uh, not as high up. Do you use, uh, farm fields? Are you guys hunting manure? Are you hunting, uh, flight patterns, anything like that? Um, I don't know if we really have it down to it, like a science, right. um, We'll just kind of go out there, and sometimes we might be in a cornfield. Other times we might just be somewhere where we can see off a long ways. Mm-hmm. And then we'll just start calling. And the cool thing to me about crow hunting is you kind of you kind of know within like the first minute or so right. if you're going to have something come in because you can see them from coming in from a distance. Yeah. yeah. But it's always cool when you just see more more than one coming in. Yeah, it's exciting, man. That's why I, I really think you'll probably enjoy the waterfowl hunting. And that's nothing, it's not something I really ever partook in. And it scares me because I had to on my feet and so much other stuff, you know. I'm like, holy heck, could you imagine if I had to get into more? But yeah, we, we really enjoy the crow hunting also. And uh, so what's what's a good day for you guys when you're crow hunting? How many you guys usually get? Um, usually get about three. Yeah. Three. Oh, you mean guys or crows? Oh, uh, crows, crows, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Usually, we'll we might have three guys out there, and mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, like I've crow hunted, but I wouldn't say it's something we do religiously. So, right. I think the last time we went out, I think we we had like five or seven on the ground. Yeah, it's fun, man. I really, I really tell a lot of guys to try it. You know? Oh, it it is a good time. It's it's fun for kids too. Like I've. Yeah. I've taken uh, some young kids out doing that because that's something where they don't have to sit. Well, they have to sit still, but you kind of know when to sit still. You see those things coming in from a distance and it's like, okay, sit still for 30 seconds and uh, see if they come into range. And it's something where they don't have to sit in the woods for two hours and be completely still and they start getting tired of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely a good starting place to, to get them in the woods. Like you were saying, you can kind of just, if they want to talk to you, it doesn't really matter. And then you can say, hey, you know, sh- here they come, here they come. You know, here comes the black cloud. So, yeah. Um, so I, I, I'm assuming that you guys use, you know, all your calls and stuff whenever you go crow hunting. Um, do you, uh, do you guys do a lot of coyote hunting then? Yeah. Um, especially come about December. That's what we're really, really gearing up for. And then February is breeding season for coyotes. And we're usually, we'll usually get ourselves into one or two competitions and we'll go out probably nine o'clock at night and we'll stay out till 6am and we'll, we'll do our best to basically stay awake and try to get one on the ground. 
that don't happen too often. Those things are smart. I'm telling you, man, they are, they really are something else. Uh, so when you guys go coyote hunting, kind of give me the, give me the, the lowdown. How do you guys usually set it up or do you guys do any like type of pre-scouting or you think, you know, that there's a couple in an area and you just go and call and hammer down? Yeah, we'll kind of go out scouting before and, uh, I have Onyx on my phone, so I'll look for good fields, like just big fields. Mm-hmm. And um, then we'll just go knocking on the doors and ask the landowner, hey, do you mind if we coyote hunt here? Um, and they'll say yes or no. Yeah. And then within the next day or two, I'll usually try to walk out into those fields and just see if there's any tracks or any scat, anything, anything that might help me pin pin something down. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we'll wait, basically wait for a good night where the wind's in our favor. And um, we used to uh, go out in the daylight, but now we're more so just night hunt now. So we have the red lights, and we'll go out there and have at her. Yeah, and it's—I mean, you—you you don't even have to explain. I know how tough it can be. So, were you guys able to be successful with 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 your calls this year at all, killing any? Unfortunately, not. Yeah, we uh. Had a few come in, right. but uh, they they stayed way out of range. You, you could see them circling probably 300 yards out, and then they just disappeared, and they probably got behind us and were never to be seen again. Yeah, man. They're, <laughs> they always have that sixth sense. You know, it's like you think deer are hard to kill, and then you start hunting coyotes, and you're like, dang, man, these things are really crazy. Um, I always said if you, could, uh, if you could find a way to be a good coyote hunter, you'll probably excel in – hunting yeah probably about any any type of hunting especially if you want to learn how to hunt the wind that's probably a really good animal to to start with oh yeah um so what do you guys use whenever you go out to shoot coyotes are you guys using shotguns or are you using rifles oh uh, yeah we'll take rifles but then we'll we'll take our uh our shotguns too um my buddy uh he had one he said it came blaring in just from behind him and uh he was able to he was able to shoot this one, and uh, yeah, if he only had his rifle, he wouldn't uh he wouldn't have got it. But luckily, he had a shotgun. Yeah, and uh, he was able to get it. I, that's something I think's gaining a lot of popularity is is guys using a shotgun because a lot of people that don't know are gonna learn soon that they're they're a really serious weapon when it comes to to bringing a dog down within that you know probably like that hundred yard eighty yard range. Yeah, I mean, I'd say. Coyotes, they don't really stay still long. Right. So, if uh, if you're in a pinch and you uh, you need to squeeze one off, I'd I'd probably rather go with uh, the shotgun than than the rifle. Right. If it's within a reasonable distance, that is. Yeah, no doubt, man. Um, so let's talk about your deer hunt, man. I know you know we were kind of BSing earlier before we uh, we started recording here. What's your plans for this year? And, and let's talk about some of the successes you might have had last year. Um, Last year, no success. Uh, we had that EHD come through here a couple years back. And uh, it, it it took a pretty big toll on us. So yeah. this year I was I was a little picky. I uh, I had some bucks come through, had some does come through. I, I didn't even get a doe tag this year. But the bucks that came through... There were some nice ones, but uh, I'm not saying I'm a I'm a, like crazy trophy hunter that won't shoot anything under a 120 or a 130, nothing like that. But uh, 
I was just a little more selective this year. I, I kind of wanted to let things just kind of come back. Um, yeah. Like I said, we got hit hard out here. So I don't know what that, that kind of holds for this year. Uh, kind of waiting to see what I got popping up on camera and just how the, the deer herd's looking out this way. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I know that I know the area you live in, and I know that there's some good quality bucks in that area. So let's talk about any success that you that you have had. Um, give me give me a, a good success story that you had in in the area there. Yeah, um, it was actually out in my parents' house, and um, this was a few years back. But it was, uh, it, I mean, it was just it was the day every archer dreams of. It was. I think it was probably somewhere around the date of November 9th. And it was just that perfect morning. Um, it was, per- I, I hunted all day. It was a perfect morning and I ended up shooting the deer, um, right before dark. And it was perfect all day, low winds, just that perfect, cool, crisp autumn day. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, I, I still think to this day, I've never seen so many deer in the stand. There was just deer running all day, all day, all day. Right. And, uh, yeah, towards the end of the day, I, I heard this one just, he, he was doing that tending grunt. And, uh, I let a, a grunt out at him and, uh, he came right in, probably about 20 yards broadside. And, um, I just let him have it. Yeah. He, uh, probably didn't end up going about 50 yards. So I was, I was real happy with all that. <laughs> yeah. No doubt, man. That's, that's the way you, you line it up and you hope that it happens you know you don't have to chase them down into the woods in a, a mountainous area or whatnot and maybe even have to pack them out or you know call a buddy for help say hey man i, I need some help getting this thing out of here so uh doesn't always happen that way but when it does it feels good yeah yeah it definitely does man and, and there we have those days in the woods you know like you speak of where they're just they're just unbelievable you know you, yeah. you you gamble and you roll the dice every time you go in the woods hoping that you have a day like that where we all want to get in the stand first thing in the morning and at seven o'clock, you know, here he comes clawed hopping down the trail and you hammer the big 10, 10, eight point that you've been looking for all year. But the fact of the matter is the best days are probably the ones where, you know, the PA 11 points or spikes, as you would say, are chasing those all over, you know, all morning and they get y'all pumped up. And then here comes a three point and, here comes a small eight and a six point behind him. And, you know, here's a semi good buck. And, and then, you know, here comes, you know, the one you've been hunting and you end up with a successful hunt. Cause I feel like those are probably the best days out there. No oh, days like that. They, they keep you coming back. Yeah. I, uh, my fiance, she, she'd asked me before, like I'd get in from hunting. She'd be like, what'd you say? And be like, nothing. And she was like, you were hunting all day. And I was like, I know. And she was like, why, why do you do this to yourself? <laughs> And I'm like, it's, I was like, it's, you're just chasing that high. Some days are, they're no good, but there's other days when you're out there and it's, there's just magic in the air. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to explain, man. It's such a self-fulfilling thing. And I tell people all the time, like, look, I could sit here and try to find the words to explain to you, but in my, I don't know, 25 years of being able to remember being in the woods and seeing deer. I still can't find the words to tell people this is what it feels like to, to be in that moment. Yeah. Oh, it's, 
it's it's amazing and that's that's where getting a kid in, into that is awesome yeah man definitely definitely you, maybe not even just a kid you know I think that that's probably the number one top thing that is is awesome to be able to get into it. But even if you're able just to get somebody who just wants to, you know, not go to the grocery store and be able to have their own meat, you know, they want to have venison instead of going to buy beef or they want to eat squirrels and rabbits or whatnot. And they want to just try that stuff out, being able to teach them and pass that kind of knowledge down is just it's the the reward is just incredible you know it's incredible oh yeah i mean if you're a hunter you can definitely uh fill a freezer and uh for not a whole lot of money yeah no doubt about it man no doubt about it might it. be a whole lot of time to do it but it's it's a whole lot cheaper and it's more rewarding yeah yeah no doubt um so man you've lived in pennsylvania uh for how many years i'm 29 now so 29 okay <laughs> so Something I, I, I like to bring up to guys and just see how they really enjoy the state. You know, I, I most of the Pennsylvania guys I talk to are just ecstatic that they live in Pennsylvania. And I, I think that's why a lot of guys don't leave because most guys are outdoorsmen from, from what, you know, I talk to people and I just, it seems like everybody does something or another in the outdoors. What, oh, yeah. what, what do you think about, uh, you know, the Pennsylvania system as a whole, and I'm not talking about the game commission or the, or the fish, you know, commission or anything like that. Just, uh, is there anything that you, you really like, uh, is there anything that you would maybe like to see changed or, or anything like that? Um, not really. Um, I mean, there's always this talk of Sunday hunting, which I'm, I'm, I'm about it. Um, like I, I do like the idea of Sunday hunting, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I kind of, kind of question it too. Is it, is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Um, because there's a lot of hunters out there. So is that really gonna hurt the deer herd? Mm-hmm. Um, are you gonna be dropping numbers? Um, so that's one thing that goes through my head. And I mean, I'm no, I'm no expert in the matter. So right. I just kind of wonder those things. Yeah, and we're all entitled to our own opinion, and that's the only reason I ask because. I'm I'm a really big advocate for it. I'll be honest with you, and I the reason that I am like that is because I feel like they could make a lot more money on non-resident hunters. You know that want to just hunt a whole weekend on top of a guy who may be taking their kids or something to a soccer game or a football game or a baseball game on Saturdays or you know wrestling whatever have you, and they also want to take their kid hunting. You know they have that Sunday or I know a lot of guys that work Saturday, you know, and they're off Sunday and Monday because they're in a certain industry and, you know, it'd be nice to let them guys hunt Sundays too. And everything, you know, everybody has their valid points, whatnot, but. And that's why I'm about it. Right. I mean, I've worked six day work, uh, six days a week before right in November and it's killing me because I'm like Sunday I can't hunt yeah. and this is all I think about all year. So. I guess there goes my hunting season. <laughs> right, man. And I, I, that's what that's why I really like to you see it because you got to have guys that work six days a week, man. It sucks, but I, I've been in the boat. I've done it. I, you know, and I've gone to conversations with guys and they're like, well, you know, I, I have to use my vacation time. And that's great and all. You, I'm glad that you're able to save your vacation time. And I usually do the same, but not everybody even has the vacation time. So I don't know. 
I, I just like to put it out there, see see uh, what guys would like to see changed. Uh, are you an advocate for the antler restrictions? Uh, I am. I am. Um, and I guess that's that's one thing um, I, I'm definitely happy to see. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's really helping get some bigger bucks in the area. Yeah. Um, when you didn't have that restriction, I mean, I remember you'd see guys coming out of the woods and they'd be dragging a, a spike behind them, and it's like, what is that? Right, right. Yeah, I, it's one of them things. That the beauty's in the eye of the beholder, you know, the trophy's in the eye of the beholder. Um, so everybody is entitled to kill whatever I believe too, but, uh, you know, you have guys, well, I'm a meat hunter. Well, you know, you can shoot does too. So that conversation goes both ways and it's not really, I I mean, it's not really like uh, something you argue about. It's just, it's, it's up to them really. But yeah, I I agree with you a hundred percent. It's really great to be able to kill nicer deer here in Pennsylvania compared to the States that surround us that have killed bigger antler deer for a longer longer period of time yeah um and that's one thing i like um i'm fortunate um my grandparents and parents they own some land so i'm able to hunt that so i got a chunk of private so that's kind of nice because we can kind of manage that how we we see fit and then there's always public land that we can go out on um but yeah i uh i mean you go to any bar and you talk to some guy and I mean, you'll you'll get different opinion for every guy you talk to. So it's kind of, I don't know. Right. Some guys are in it for the meat. Some guys, they want the trophy. Yeah, man, no doubt about it. Uh, yeah, and you got your guys that are in the middle. You know, they just want to shoot a buck every year, which is great. Uh, that's kind of where. That, that's kind of where I, I don't know. It kind of. It kind of rubs me the wrong way, and it shouldn't because it's it's not my tag and it's not it's not my hunt. Right. You'll you'll hear a lot of guys say, "Oh man, I only got I only got two more days left to fill my buck tag." Yeah. So they'll go out and they'll shoot a barely legal buck, and it's like, "Man, were you just doing that to say you got a buck, or did you want the meat? Because if you wanted the meat, you could have just shot a doe and yeah. could have let that thing go on." Yeah, man. I know it's. It's it's hard, you know, what it comes down to is it's this person or that person's tag and they're 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 entitled to do whatever they want with it as long as with it's you know, it's within the confines of being legal and all that. That's yep. it's up to them. Um but what uh what what are your thoughts on maybe getting into making any deer calls? Is that something you do you plan on doing or something you thought of? Yeah, no, I'll uh, I'll make grunt calls. Um so, um, that's something where probably within the next month, I'll probably start making a lot of those just kind of in preparation for the upcoming season. Mm-hmm. I kind of always try to try to make a bulk of them before the season begins, because that's usually when I'll get a lot of sure. messages, whatever saying like, Hey, can I get one of these? And it's just kind of nice to have a bulk made up and be like, yeah, Hey, you like this one? And, um, yeah, so that's that's kind of the system I use. <laughs> I got you. So when it comes to your grunt calls, then uh, what do you do? Like a wooden mouthpiece, and then like some type of like tubular uh, ending on it for you know different pitches and sound. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. I'll use that expansion tube. Okay. Okay. 
Yeah, man, that's that's awesome. I, I, I'm glad I asked you about that because that might be something I have to contact you about. I, I, I really enjoy using the wooden ones. That's those are the ones that I like the most. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you said you not into duck calls yet, but filming it out. That's that'll that'll be an adventure there, or or uh, uh, maybe like anything for goose or any type of waterfowl. Yeah, I got some buddies that are big into uh, the goose and the duck hunting. One actually, he went, I think it was snow geese hunting. He just came back from the Lancaster area this morning. And uh, he, uh, he, was t- he he always tells me, he's like, you got to get into it. You got to get into <laughs> it. But he's like, get your checkbook out. Yeah. Yeah, that's what my buddies have told me too. And I'm like, ah, you know, man, I it ain't the money part, but it's like the, I'm already, I already got my hands into so many different things. I'm actually me and my brother just recently started tapping maple trees and I had never done that stuff before, but uh, I'm out there every day now pulling, you know, looking or checking maple and I don't even know what the heck I'm doing, but it's always something, you know? So. Oh, I know it's, um, uh, I, I think my fiance will kill me if I pick up another <laughs> hobby. Like I, I got so many right now. I'm, I'm kind of scouting for Turkey and I'm, I'm shed hunting. We're, mm-hmm. we're getting ready for a wedding and, she's doing all this planning and um she'll turn around she'll be like where are you at and i'm like oh i was gonna go shed hunting or whatever and she's about ready to kill me you know what the secret is man you gotta wake up way earlier than them i'm telling you <laughs> that's how i do it she don't she probably ain't up moving around till 9 30 or so and you know by by 10 30 i'm like well i bet she, I, I better get back to the truck and come back <laughs> <laughs> yep yeah yeah, well, I, I foresee some early mornings. My my future. Yeah, man, definitely, and especially with turkey season coming. Um, well, we're on the subject there. Uh, do you do any type of fishing? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love fishing. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually uh, I haven't been. I didn't. Yeah, this hurts me to say, but I didn't go out at all last year. Yeah, and uh, I was just super, super busy with either making calls or. Um, working on the house or one thing or another and I wasn't able to get out so it hurt me because I didn't have any fillets in the freezer yeah man so when you say fishing then are we talking about trout fishing what are we talking about walleye uh, panfish what are you what are you into um yeah I'll, I'll go trout fishing mm-hmm. um and I like trout fishing but I could have the best day trout fishing or i could have the best day crappy and bluegill fishing mm-hmm. and i'd rather be crappy and bluegill fishing <laughs> that doesn't surprise me man um i'm a real big trout fisherman but i know the area you live in and uh there's some there's some really good really good fishing for some warm water species in your area so mm-hmm. yeah. yeah man that's that's my thing i i love those things yeah have you and, done uh, have you ever done any bow fishing Boat fishing? Uh, bow, B-O-W. Bow oh, fishing. Uh, bow fishing. Yeah. No, I haven't. Okay. My younger brother has. Yeah. And uh, he, uh, he'll he send me pictures from time to time. And, uh, yeah, he'll have these big carp or right. uh, I think he shot some gar before. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like man, I should do that. Yeah. I have an old bow. I could probably set it up. And I just never have. Yeah. Well, I, my brother took me out this year for the first time. And he How just, was it? Dude, I'm, I'm telling you what, man. I'm I'm kind of hard to impress. I'll be honest with you, and I was really really impressed. I had a I had a blast. You know, we weren't we weren't even drinking or nothing. 
And not, <laughs> not saying you need to be drinking to have a good time, but I, I just there there's no time to drink. You're just your eyes are constantly on the water the whole time, and you're you know you're you're flinging arrows left and right. And it's it's really awesome, man. I I highly recommend it to anybody. What I would do if I were you and you were interested is I would find a guide service and have them take take you first to kind of kind of fill it out because I was going to set up an old rod and reel, uh, well, an old uh, reel and all that on my old bow. And after I seen it all go down, I think that I would just buy the setup to be honest with you. Cause, uh, you'll see, man, just, just do it, book it and you'll have a really good is it, time. Is it weird? Cause don't you have to aim like a foot below them and yeah, man, it's, <laughs> I mean, you'll see, I, I couldn't believe I was missing them. Like I'm flinging them at him and I'm looking at my brother. I'm like, what the hell am I doing wrong, man? He's like, I don't know, man. I missed just as many as you, you know? So, uh, but it's definitely awesome. Definitely something I'm, you know, I've been promoting and putting out there and I plan on having the guy that took us uh, uh, on the podcast and have him promoted and everything. Cause definitely one of the things that looks intimidating, but it's, it's really not, it's really not at all. So Yeah. That'd be awesome. I, I might, I might do it. I might pull the trigger. You might have uh, talked me into it. I hope I did, man. I, I think that you really enjoy it. Take your old man, take your brother, whoever. You know, it's it's a really good time. Or even see if, see if the old lady wants to go. I mean, I don't know how into it she is, but even for her to I, sit, sit on the boat and watch, man, I mean, it, it is really cool. Yeah, I, I've been trying to get her into it just because it seems like that way she won't put up a fight if I'm going out hunting or whatever. If right. I can get her into it one way or another, maybe she'll – She'll be like, well, I, I want to go or yeah. whatever. I, I took her turkey hunting this past year, and uh, I think she liked it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I mean, I, I'm an early riser anyways. Right. And for turkey hunting, I mean, you're up early. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and uh, she she didn't like she didn't like that. <laughs> yeah, that's funny, man. I uh, mine falls in the same boat. Not a morning person whatsoever. And there's me. I wake up at five every day. The weekends, I'm still getting up early. And they're like, she's like, what the heck's wrong with you? Like, you can't. My dad always used to tell us, oh, if you sleep past eight, the day's over. And I just laugh because now I'm like, man, I'm my, I'm my, I'm my dad now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's a little easier. If, if I say, hey, you want to go hiking? We'll go shed hunting. Mm-hmm. That, that's kind of more her speed because she like she's into that hiking and mm-hmm. all that so yeah we can kind of kill two birds with one stone be like well let's let's shed hunt while we're at it yeah and yeah. Uh, she actually found one last year and um she, it was uh she was probably tickled huh yeah it was cool we actually uh we both kind of well, i saw the thing and i got all excited and uh she was like i saw that way before you <laughs> she was like i was just she was like i was walking up i wasn't excited but she was like then i picked it up and now i'm um I'm all excited. Yeah, man. They're there. It's literally like finding a diamond. It's, I mean, I know a lot of guys who they're able to find more of them than say me or somebody else who just walks around aimlessly. Like I just check bedding areas and deer trails and fields and all that. But you know, I know guys that have their dogs trained up and stuff like that. And I'm always just real jealous because come back with like two five gallon buckets full of sheds and you're like, what the heck? But I, I know that's something I tell myself because I, I don't currently I don't have a dog, but uh, I'm wanting to get a dog here yeah. probably within a year or so. And I'm like, I'm going to train that thing to retrieve uh, doves for me and mm-hmm. and I'm going to train it to find sheds, make my life a whole lot easier. Well, hey, man, I want to be sensitive to your time. Um, I really appreciate you coming on here. Uh, 
it's just great. I I hope that this thing blows up and gets a lot bigger than it already is. And uh, before we go, I really want you to promote your brand. Uh, let everybody know where they can find you and how to contact you. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for having me on. I I had a blast. Um, yeah, once again, my name is Jake Simmons. Um, you can find me on Instagram or Facebook, Simmons Custom Hand Calls. Um, feel free to shoot me a message if you want a call made out of a certain type of wood or if you go online and you're like, I really like this wood or this acrylic. Um, is that something we can do? It, it definitely is. Just uh, let me know what you want and um, whatever you want it made out of. And yeah, I'll do my best to make you happy with it. Yeah, man, that's awesome. That's great. And like I said, uh, I will uh, go ahead and, and post a link on the Keystone Chronicles Instagram page. Get your name out there and try to help you out the best I can. I really appreciate you coming on, brother. Uh, good luck this year. I'm sure that you'll have success doing something with uh, everything that you do outdoors. Thanks, bud. You too. Um, let me know if you end up doing any good this this spring. Uh, yeah, shoot me a text or whatever and show me what you got. Heck yeah, man. Uh, like I said, I'll be in contact with you and, and we'll see if I can and get a call from you or something. And, and if I'm in your area, I'll let you know. Sounds good, buddy. All right, man. Have a good night. You too. All right, guys, and that wraps it up for another episode of the Keystone Chronicles podcast. I hope you guys are really enjoying the show. If you guys support what I'm doing here, please go over to whatever platform you're on, subscribe, comment, rate. I hope you guys enjoy, and until next time, God bless.